Hi, Veronica. Hi, Sam. We gotta jump right into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Podcat Podcast, the premier podcast of the Podcat Podcast Network. Veronica, I have so many... I, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Sam. I'm with Veronica. Hi. Veronica, I've got so many thoughts that are only podcast appropriate that I've kind of like reserved to next speak to you on air. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear all of them. So let's hear what's going on with you, because I don't want to steamroll the whole conversation. Uh, Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. (laughs) So I don't really think that we're in a simulation. (laughs) You don't think we're in a simulation? No, I don't. You think this has all been real? I think it's all been real. Um, I, I really try to resist things that I feel like are too convenient of explanation, or too, like self-aggrandizing like you automatically upgrade your world if you think that and there's so many belief systems out there that automatically upgrade the world if you think that so like it's easy to confirmation bias your way into them and i feel like this is this is one of those but if it were a simulation and i were to die like a a cabbage truck rolls over me and there's like there's a wilhelm scream in the background "Ah!" and then i die i feel like the first thing i'm gonna say is we were taking bets how the fuck did you believe that? <laughs> like, ever since 2001, we have just been ratcheting this shit up. It's never <laughs> gone to 11. It's like, do you know how many videos of UFOs we put in your timelines that were released by the U.S. military in just the last year of your life? Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's a game show host? Like, and there are Nazis? What do you think? You're Indiana Jones? You thought that was real? <laughs> What do you mean, Sam? Okay, there's been lots and lots and Just lots kidding. of. Okay. <laughs> All <ahead>. right, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, so yeah, that, that I, I've been thinking about that a lot, and how like people would just laugh and laugh and laugh. Oh and my god! Yeah. This week is a week we're especially in a simulation because we got a health insurance card and had a number on it. Oh, God, yes. And I called. I said, hey, I'm trying to set this up. And it's just not letting me set up my, my profile with my number. Here's my number. Here's my name. I'm like, yeah, but what's your number? I'm like, well, here's my number. I'm like, okay, what's your name? Here's my name. Okay, what's your birthday? Here's my birthday. What's your number? Give me my number. This goes on for minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes. I'm and then, over there thinking, oh, no, Sam has called someone else. And this is a scam or something. He called the Jamaica number. God, I sure hope we didn't get fucking scammed. <laughs> We talked to them again and again and again and again. And they're like, are you sure that's your number? Like, are you sure, sure, sure? And what we finally get out of them is, yes, that's a number that's registered to someone who has that health insurance number. But it's not us. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a human being, but not us. So somehow I have this printed card with the wrong number. And they're going to send me it. And uh, so, like, that, like the world is just cracking at its seams. The Matrix is just getting glitchy. I'm seeing a cat yeah, go I've by. I've never seen anything like that where your health card, your health insurance card is just wrong. Uh-huh. Like, oh, well, that number does exist, but not for you. Yes, getting any one of that. Then we get... A... You know what, Sam? I think this is the first time that you've been on my insurance. So maybe you're just experiencing what it's like to be a minority in this country <laughs> and experience some of the... <laughs> Some of the, just the nonsense bullshit that most other white people are like, that happens? I see. So they, they got a card, they just flung it onto another pile. Yeah. <laughs> they look at my last name, they're like, yeah, all right, I've sure. never been a luxury deluxe <laughs> number. All right, this way, Mr. Brady. <laughs> 
So anyways, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. So That's nonsense and crazy. That happened. Another thing happened, which I don't want to go into too much detail about, but I will just say we we got a fucking eviction notice demanding yes. we pay repay zero dollars and zero zero cents that it has printed on there that it says we're delinquent on. Zero and you must pay this zero dollar zero dollar cents bill immediately or we're gonna take this action to court. So here's the thing is that we pay our rent before it's due. Well, this one I paid on the first. Oh, he paid. Okay, you paid on. Oh, right. Because we because paid, they bitched at me for paying it before it was due. They bitched at us before. for paying it two days early. Because it said on the app that we hadn't paid it after we had. And then you had to go back to the ledger to say that you didn't have. Anyways, so I no longer pay it early because they literally treat me like I've done something wrong when I do that. Yeah. I now pay it on the first. I paid it on the first. So and... this time we paid it on the first. and we cl- And you can only pay through the app. Uh-huh. Okay, that's it. So you click, Sam clicks on the button and then we get two charges for two months rent. And we're like, well, these are COVID times. This can't be happening. You know, that's crazy. So we immediately call the management. We're like, hey, we click the button and it charged us double. So we have two transactions. And so we go and we look on our bank and sure enough, two transactions are pending and we're like so we just need you to reverse one of those transactions and the and the man the property manager is like yeah we can't do that that cannot and will not happen the app is you're just prepaid for next month yeah and i was just like no this is money Money can be given back to you. It is not like we took a a cup of water and poured it into the sand and like, well, that's gone now. No, it's refundable to I was you. Deep in the weeds on resolving issues for a company that used like a sophisticated billing system. Yeah, and we would resolve issues all the time. And <laughs> yeah, the idea that a that an app wouldn't overcharge you because apps will like accidentally do double transactions. I've seen the most insane things. I've seen someone misstate their bank number on Accept and not realize I did and actually get someone else's bank and actually draw from that and put that on the setup. But like the way the numbers were flipped, you can tell it was not malicious. It was completely like I've seen the weirdest possible bananas stuff and I've been a part of resolving that. That's a huge amount of professional experience. So the idea that A, an app would never have a problem like this where you're doing it through the web thing. And the B, that currency or whatever is not reversible. permanent. That you can't. (laughs) There's no checks that can be cut. There's no ledger. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty silly. So fucking stupid. The suggestion was to uh, call the banking council because that's the only way you'll do it. So we, we sure went ahead and did that. So we did that. And of course, like, I'm sitting here thinking, well, it's going to take the bank forever to do that. You know, like, it's going to be so long. And so, of course it was. This all happens on the first. And then the transaction does not get declined and reversed until the 18th. And so I was like, I was just laughing at Sam. I was like, you know, our money is going to be tied up regardless. Like, Uh it's just going to be, it's, you know, lost to us right now. And so I'm so pissed. And so, anyways, we have this long conversation at the bank, or really Sam does. You you, you were the one that really dealt with all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, okay, so one of these is wrong, and one of these you want to go through. And we're like, yes, one goes through, one does not go through. Mm-hmm. And so, that's what happened. The bank was like, great, we'll let one go through, and we will not let the other one go through. Uh-huh. Cool. So, then, <laughs> almost a week later... Um, our property manager sent us an email and he's like, Hey, we, we got this font. We, we don't know what happened. Like, Oh my gosh, you, you didn't pay reversed. your rent. This, this was, was payment declined. Pay- so yeah, we're like, yeah, of course this is, you know, 
So then Sam notices that they also give us a $50 charge for having what they determine was an insufficient funds charge, which the charge is... So those codes are given to the vendor by the bank, right? Mm -hmm. And so an insufficient funds charge is not the same as a, you know, declined payment or whatever. Like, it just isn't the same code. I used to deal with it all the time in my old job. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, what What the fuck is this company anyways? Like, it's not a, oh my God, it made me so mad. So Sam writes a very polite email back that's like, hey, we noticed this $50 charge. We did what you told us to do. Could you please reverse it? We get no correspondence back. But then a few days later, we notice, okay, the charge has been reversed. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. And then we get a hand-delivered note, or a, the hand-delivered eviction notice to mm-hmm. our door today. We have children at this. What if a kid picks yeah, up an eviction like, notice? What like, what fuck? a stressful thing to impose on somebody like that. Like, that is not something that should be done lightly. Not and at all. And it's something all. that's inappropriate to do if it isn't merited. That causes a lot of anguish. Distress. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a really upsetting shitty. thing to have happen. So uh, we're going to the grocery store and I called the person and I asked for the person that we deal with all the time. And she's like, the lady that answered the phone is like, oh, he's not in today. And I was like, okay, well, we got this notice. And she like, she's like, where are you at? I was like, I tell her the address, all this other stuff. She was okay, but you didn't pay until the 18th, right? And I was like, no, we paid on the first and we had, and I told her the whole story. She's like, hmm, Okay. Well, you have a zero balance, so just disregard that. That was probably mailed out to you um, before all of this was settled. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Can you confirm that you did receive a payment that was on the first? Like, all this, And she's like, yeah, we got it. <laughs> like, oh, Maddie. See, I didn't want to, I haven't told you this yet, but what your experience was really a, uh, uh, spoke to me about so many experiences with them. Where it's just where you you come up with a problem and they just start this checklist of how it's your fault, but like don't have anything to do with your specific circumstance. Yeah, it's like oh well you did this and like, like no no there's this well, well you must have done this no and this not engaging with what you're saying or what's happening, not taking any care to like looking into what's happening or anything oh my like that. God. That's just the constant experience in speaking to any of them. Really. Super blame. Even when I paid advance, it's like, oh, well, you messed up because you did this. And yeah. no, you no. tried to pay early. Like, fuck yeah. that. <laughs> like, like, literally <laughs> saying it, well, you did it wrong because you did, did this or something. Yeah. And I paid it when it was, it, like, it posted on the, I didn't pay early just to pay early. I paid it early because I saw that it posted on the app, the rent. Yeah. So I pressed the pay because I had it. Because we got an alert. And I like to, to pay the bills. But, but you know, it's, yeah, anyways. Fucking stupid, man. It's so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait until we no longer live in this apartment and then we can tell all of the podcasts like how like this isn't even the worst story no this is not the worst story of this place it has been the fucking worst Mm -hmm. and not just like a management issue but like some of our neighbors are just like ridiculous we have a dude that every fucking day at like 2 p.m walks out onto his balcony and just guttural screams Every fucking. If you imagine day. Italy, where they sing to each other, or yeah, we're like, it's like the reverse that. of that. <laughs> it is truly the American quarantine experience, I suppose. <laughs> and I mean, like that's all the that's the only point of reference that I have for this place is this has been my quarantine shelter. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. We moved here like two weeks before quarantine started. So, uh, y'all. 
Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, I bring all that together because this week has just been filled with things that just don't happen, things yeah. that shouldn't happen, things that don't make any sense that they would happen. So I feel like the simulation is just keeps on just nudging me. And yeah. Like, Sam, are you really still buying this? Everyone else, you just have to tap your heels three times and say, <laughs> I know it's not real. I know it's not real. And you're the last one who hasn't done it. What do we have to do to convince you that this is all fake? <laughs> We can't make magic happen. That's like our one rule. But we're kind of doing that. Why aren't you waking up? How are you believing this day in and day out? Yeah, it's been it's been nuts. And like, and that is not to say that our problems are like by any comparison like worse or anything. Like people are going through tremendous hardship right now. And like, it, but it just seems so crazy to me that like just trying to pay your bills is hard right uh-huh. now. And like, even if you're doing everything right, you're not paying your bills, right? Like, Oh my God, it's so fucking out of control. Mm-hmm. So anyways, Lego masters, <laughs> Lego we're watching masters it. Pretty <laughs> Boy, as an example of a bad Sam, <laughs> he is just the worst. I can't believe that he's only the second worst reality television figure that we've seen in the past month. Because mm. like, he got, he got really lucky that we saw Linda at the same week as we saw Sam. Because oh, otherwise he would have taken God. the cake. Yeah. So Sam and I have, of course, been going through all of the television. Because what else can you do inside, mm-hmm. really? Um, so we have been watching um, Lego Masters with Will Arnett as the host. It's actually really good. If you are just looking for something to kind of like chill out and dick around on your phone and have something on it's great for that mm-hmm. um actually i really enjoy watching it too sure so yeah it's, either way it's yeah, like fun atmospherically it's really fun. or it's fun to actually watch yeah and it's kid friendly so if you have children it's um good for that but um so we're watching that and then we're also watching hoarders mm-hmm. <laughs> and i used to watch hoarders like way back when when it came out i'd never seen it yeah and we We've saw Linda, who you looked up on the internet. Season 10, episode 6. Um, that's kind of an infamous... If you're a Hoarders fan, I'm sure you recognize both that name, our dread of her, and oh. then us naming the season and the episode. Because it's a really infamous um, episode. People were very disturbed by it. And it is incredibly disturbing. Yeah. So we watched those two things uh, in one week, uh, Lego Masters and Hoarders. And there was a really bad character on um, Lego Masters called Sam. And yeah. he is just a... He's not, really demeaning he's not and a mean peach. to his partner. He's rude. Yeah, yeah he's mean. Mm-hmm. He's really mean. Um, and But I think he's turned around, which has been good. So he has made some progress and changed, and that's been good. My headcanon, and um, probably maybe I should give him the benefit of the doubt and assume the best in people, mm-hmm. but my personal belief is that he has been awakened to how he was being read on that camera and on TV and by the other people. That's very fair. And it is, he has a newfound wariness of that. Yeah, who wants to get canceled? Sure. You know? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, maybe I should look at the best people. Maybe he's just super stressed coming in. But I I kind of, like, he was so mean for, like, so many episodes and just, like, really trying to twist the knife. Yeah. I I kind of just suspect that he's worried. Which is not the spirit of the show No, it's like, that's why, because that's such a choice for him to be so combative when everything about it is not. And he gets, like, pretty big talking tos by the host of being like, listen, this is not how this is intended to go down. And how could this not happen again? Yeah. So it's been an interesting, um, interesting week of television for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. So. <laughs> you right, like my Scooby Doo laugh. 
Oh, yeah, you really <laughs> do. <laughs> Uh, we watched the new Scooby-Doo movie. What yeah, did you think about I it? I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. I think you can't like, you know, be like, it's uh, going to be a really good classic Scooby-Doo because classic Scooby-Doo, in my opinion, is not great. Sure. <laughs> so, whatever. Plus, I feel like classic Scooby-Doo shouldn't be exactly going to, it should have a yeah. contemporary guest star. You know, because classic Scooby-Doo would have a guest star from its time, kind of. And, you yeah. know, you know, like... So you got to swing for it for it to correctly be the the right show, and I, I think they did that. I will say um, it, something that brought me out of it a little bit is they make some different choices with some of the iconic voices, mm-hmm. and it, because it's really easy to do the classic voices, and so it took me a while to really engage with the voices that they choose. But I, I do feel like the choices are give the, the people certain characters, especially yeah. the story that it is. So it took me a little while. I watched so much Scooby Doo, so 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 much. Yeah. So it took me a little while to to hear it as shaggy i think that um hannah barbera was really great about licensing cheaply into anyone (laughs) so um i feel like scooby-doo is one of those ones where you know everyone has seen like so many reruns of it yeah if you haven't seen scooby-doo like hit me up i'm I'm actually really interested to hear your story (laughs) (laughs) and how are you solving crimes i don't know (laughs) so winks yeah uh so yeah scooby-doo is good what if the our neighbor next door who's yelling every day at 2 p.m. is a Scooby-Doo villain who's oh trying to God. scare us off the property. If it wasn't for you two podcasters. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it, too. But I will say, it's not our direct, like, our next door neighbor that's hollering. Oh, it's okay. someone down. It's someone far away. Sure. Yeah. Um, boy, there's not a more sentence that's more, like, consciousness of guilt. Like, it's acknowledged that I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for... There's nothing... Like, uh, in opening arguments on single podcasts I, I listen to sometimes, they, they make fun of... Sometimes? Um, <laughs> I haven't listened to it a lot less, oh, okay. but I listen to a different legal podcast sometimes. I see. Uh, they really make fun of... Oh, shoot, I'm going to forget what the classic show is. <laughs> it's black and white. It's so iconic with a courtroom. Matlock? I think... It's, I think that's it's not black be, and white. No, it's, it's before Matlock. Okay. Um, it's just not at my time. People are screaming it out. And I will think of it. But <laughs> there's this clip where the guy's like, I don't know. I don't think you killed her. But you did, Mr. Jones. And he goes, yes, I did it. I killed her. <laughs> like screaming from I think the... that is Matlock. Is that Matlock? I think so. Okay. Yeah, that seems like Matlock. I watched a lot of Matlock sure. as, as a kid. There's a couple, so. a lot of those legal shows have those moments, especially if it's a 30-minute legal show. <laughs> we'll have like yeah, a strong yeah, villain yeah, unmasking. Yeah. But it's very Scooby-Doo in that way where it's just like, yes, I did it. Here's why. <laughs> <laughs> in like two distinct sentences. I, I, I wonder why real criminals don't take their advice from a film and like eventually when they see the jig is up. You know? <laughs> All right. Here's All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, a, a show that I'm really interested in finishing is Waco. So I have Waco thoughts that I want to tell you on podcast. <gasps> okay. I've been thinking about this. Okay. I've been trying to think in my head what is different between what's the Waco cult leader's name? David Koresh. What is different between David Koresh and Joseph Smith? Because uh, they have a lot of similarities. Okay. They have the, um, I'm going to obsessively study about this behind the scenes before I make my debut. So I'm going to really wow people with this um, encyclopedic knowledge of parts of the Bible. I'm going to have everything memorized. I'm going to do that. They have the Fisher of Men sort of, I'm going to be, be friends with people and go out there and be friends with people in unlikely ways, unlikely places, and extremely charismatically grow my flock that way. They okay. both have that really in common. And they both are like the similar ages when they're doing that too. There's, there's a lot of parallels that way. Uh, they both send other people and lean on them as kind of 
missionary types that, that mm-hmm. talk about it, which is very, very similar. Uh, they both have the... Um, okay, the fullness of this gospel is that I also need to fuck your wife, and spiritually she actually is kind of my wife thing, too, uh, about yeah. them. Uh, which is deeply, deeply similar. Uh, and also they have the... What you really understand, I hate to do this, and it wasn't even my choice to do it, and I didn't want to do it. There was this angel that made me do it. But I have to marry this 14-year-old, and we can't really talk about this ever again, and we have to pretend like it's not happening. But I I hate that this is happening. No one's more a victim in this than me. Like, they have that in common, too. There's, like, tons and tons and tons of things. But I think the biggest difference is that he is um, the, the Waco guy is the McDonald's guy, and Joseph Smith is Croc, is the franchise Croc? the ray Croc. oh ray Croc. yes okay is ray Croc? because he this guy is like we are having a great little handcrafted little curated experience this is as big as it might get and it's great for this boardwalk yeah. and boy are the fries tasty and ray Croc is i'm going to do this but we're going to have a million franchise owners <laughs> <laughs> we're taking this show on the road wow it's so interesting so to- i do think this one difference is franchising he go, like yeah. Joseph Smith is like this is this is this, but then also I am going to get a whole network of people who are going to have the same level of privilege that I'm going to help them do and help get the stuff going, and then they are going to be the franchisee. It's so interesting to listen to you talk about um, religion in general because you're, you're so very separate from it now, you know, as opposed to when you were a, a, a youth. Um, but yeah, I would have never considered religion at all as a franchise opportunity, but you are a hundred percent correct. I think that's the brilliance of Joseph Smith. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to, to, uh, have people believe that you don't want to, but have to marry the 14 year old and yeah. you're going to have to fuck the other person's wife and you're going to do all these other things. I think the way that you build that and keep that going <laughs> is you, you take the show on the road and you franchise it through other people. I think that's a little bit his brilliance in the staying power of his brand. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I would really... Dark brilliance and twisted. I, I'm not condoning it. <laughs> I would really be interested to look at some of the other, like, predominant religions or, or denominations, I should say, um, in the United States and really assign them a fast food franchise. Sure. So, like, Southern Baptist is... Oh, it's something that's a little bit different if you go into different stores. Yeah, it's so a, it, it, you know what I mean. It's, it's got to have its own secret menu. It's not Wendy's. For, no. like, it's not like a big corporate. All the Mormon is like I feel like fits very well into a big corporate model. Oh, you know what it is? It's Carl's Jr. slash Hardee's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. It's different. <laughs> it's big. It's real big. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe not that good for you. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. People are passionate about it. Well, yeah. yeah. Gross. <laughs> they, ha- they have a really sexualized commercial. Really sexualized commercial, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've, although I haven't seen a Carl's Jr. commercial since Paris Hilton did one a long time well, he's, ago. He's so, a victim yeah. of his own success, that guy, because he just got elevated to the Trump White House. So. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. Actually, I think he had to drop down from abuse allegations. But, like, it was like, this is my kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Someone who just has a hobby of casting women in commercials that you can be the king of a small kingdom in. Gross. I hate it. I fucking hate it. I've been watching Baruto with, <laughs> uh, with Noah. That's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been an interesting journey, um, watching that with him. So yeah, yeah, it's been good. 
I for anyone that's ever listened to the show, of course, you know I love Naruto, and um, waited two years to. So Noah and I were talking about this the other day uh, because it took me a long time to like be like, oh, okay, let's watch Boruto, because I had to wait. Like I was right at the beginning of the Great Shinobi War uh, when I was like doing my catch up and everything. Um, which if you have seen Naruto, that's like a really big, like tipping point. Right. And kind of like wrapping up the series. Um, and Noah comes in and he's watching, he's like, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's this really fun show, Naruto. And you know, all this other stuff that you'd really probably like it. And he's like, oh, let's, let's try episode one. So we try episode one. He's like, this is so good. Let's watch it all from the beginning. And you wait for me. And I was like, <laughs> I love you. Okay. <laughs> so I waited for him and it was fun, but it took him like two and a half years to mm-hmm. catch up to where I was. And then of course, after that, we were just barreling through, but, um, yeah, it was really fun, but it took him a long time to not bore it. hasn't even been out that long, but, uh, to convince me to spend the time to watch that too. I was just like, oh, I don't know. No, what if it's not as good? And uh, he's like, please, you just got to watch the first episode. I know you'll love it. You'll be hooked. And sure enough, like, uh, one week we're like 50-some-odd episodes in. <laughs> so that's been fun. We haven't watched any this week, but, yeah, I, I've really been into it a lot. That's such so. a sweet thing that you guys have shared over these years. Oh, it's, yeah. Like, uh, I helped uh, make his first Pinewood Derby car, and it was a Hidden Leaf Village car. Mm-hmm. Just been such a part of him, such a... You know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? When it's at like a, a formative, it's been such a formative uh, experience for him to yeah. really love this 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 whole franchise. You know, it's really interesting uh, watching his perspective of Boruto because, um, you know, I, like I said, I love Naruto, and that was you know a super formative show for me because I was like 19 or so when I started watching it. So we, it's been with me for a really long time. And, um, and so like when we finished it and we were watching Boruto, like Naruto comes off as like kind of a a jerk and he's like almost a, the antagonist in many ways to Boruto. Mm. And, um, it's so interesting. I was just like, Noah, what's, you really identify with Boruto. Tell me about that. And he's like, yeah. Cause you know, like when your parent is like really important and busy and stuff and like, you know, I can identify with that. And I was just like. Oh, cool. That hurt. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I haven't watched very much Naruto, uh, Naruto or, or Boruto, but it's been kind of on. And I feel like I could pick up on that. And I kind of, yeah. like, even before I saw Boruto, I could imagine that Naruto would have dramatically changed to not be the kid who is yeah, in it. Yeah, he's very responsible and, now. Yeah, ex- exactly. And that um, an angsty kid like him would have so much trouble with, like, a much more refined and polished and successful version of, mm-hmm. of the little kid grown up. So. Yeah, so that was a, it was a really interesting perspective and something that I had not thought about from Noah's perspective. And it was really nice to be able to, to see that. And, you know, and I think now he feels like, okay, well, this is something now that we're watching together. And it's really, uh, really fun. But I was just kind of like, I mean, it, it hurts when your kid thinks like that you're distant from them or, 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 or anything like have like weird feelings towards you at all. So, uh, yeah, it, it was it was an interesting thing, and I'm glad that I got to to see that because it really mm-hmm. made me feel like, okay, well, if he feels like that, just you know, watching the show or whatever, I should probably go out of my way to you know, 
really connect with him a lot more. So I've been doing my best to to do that. Sure. And that's the best of um, art that speaks to something in the childhood yeah. experience is it can validate and shine a light on uh, some some of the things that are just a little awkward or a little bit challenging about growing up that we wouldn't always think of from the outside looking in mm-hmm. or aren't always readily available or aren't always told in other stories. I think that's sort of the best of kid fiction is that they help those be seen, help those feel real, and help those be understood. Absolutely. I feel like I really connected like that to Fraggle Rock in so many mm. ways. Um, so Fraggle Rock for me was uh, super important because I felt like so many of the different characters um, – help me reflect different uh, parts of my personality or whatever. And I can't remember all of the, uh, the character names or anything anymore, but I remember my grandmother, like she was just like, Oh, here's always, you know, you're always different. I never know what to expect with you. And so she would watch Fraggle Rock with me. And it was one of those, you know, things where I'd be like, Oh, I'm really in a red mood today. Or, you know, I'm mm, really feeling I can do it on my own. Yeah. Or I'm really feeling like there's one and I can't not remember her name, but she's like kind of this like taller purple, and uh, kind of bluish hair who's like really gentle and really in touch with her emotions and stuff like that. And I remember like laying on my grandmother and being like, I'm feeling like so-and-so. She was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's great. But that was just a way that I could talk about my different emotions because my family is very closed off to, you know, they, they don't exhibit a lot of emotional intelligence um so you know it it was really important for me to have something that they could understand um this is how veronica's feeling you know that's great because they couldn't pick up on that so Mm. yeah interesting i love that yeah what else is going on with you veronica working hard (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah it's been it's been an interesting ride through these covid times and getting to know my new job and all that good stuff that's been it's been uh interesting uh we had a great time playing cards with the kids oh yeah played a lot of scum a lot of hand and foot the kids were loving it yeah they had a we had we played for like three hours yesterday oh yeah it was was so so much fun fun. it was great you were dominant just freaking killing it scum yeah there was only one time when i didn't win oh noah was killing it at hand of foot oh my gosh he came out of nowhere just like yeah we were like so confident you and you were dipping up the board and just like taking this taking that and you were kind of ahead you know in a more dominant position but like still it was you would be just like taking up all these things building all these things and noah had no books finished wasn't even on his foot only had like four partial books never drawn the pile that's a challenging stat thing (laughs) to be coming from and then just crushed it out instantly Yeah, it's so funny. Noah has like a really interesting strategy, which I don't, I mean, like it worked for him, uh, but he's like, you only need four books. That's it. You you, you stick to he, four and you don't get it. You don't spread your net. Noah is always the protagonist from the movie Maverick. Anytime he plays a card game. Yes. But even if it doesn't work, kind of especially if it doesn't work, <laughs> he's shaking his hand over the deck. Yeah. Not literally, but like that's just the way he plays. And he just knows it's going to be an ace. And if yeah. he believes it hard enough, it's going to be an ace. And it only wasn't an ace because he didn't actualize it. You know what? <laughs> yeah. He has such like a Maverick relationship with those cards. That's and extremely he, it's so satisfying when it works for him because yeah. you know just like in that movie it's magic sam it and i happen. were like hollering we were just like what <laughs> we are all the villains 
rounds. You know, he was playing that Maverick card game where he plays poker and he's like, I'm only going to lose for the first hour. So yeah. he's sitting there just losing and just watching our tails the whole time and then just came back and swept the table. <laughs> yes, for sure. He did such a good job. Uh-huh. So yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, oh, I was going to say something else. Oh, I've been learning how to sew. So that's been interesting. Um I've had a sewing machine for several years now that I've never used. And uh, so I'm getting some help from some internet buds nice. to learn how to sew. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Very cool. I went on a little kick of playing Star Wars The Old Republic. Yeah. <laughs> a little kick. Well, from zero to level 55 is a Sith Inquisitor real yeah. fast. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, I think that's when Noah and I were watching all that Boruto was uh, you were over there just clacking away on the computer keyboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I still haven't gotten to what I wanted to get to because, like, I, I really loved all the Bioware games with the, the, the well-written companion characters and, like, their whole, like, little rabbit hole storylines. And I didn't realize that Star Wars kind of has that, so I really wanted to get to it. Mm. So I looked up just a few little cursory details and I picked out a storyline I wanted to, just, like, see just from, like, the thing. And apparently it's late in the game. as a lot of the companions are, like, early in the game. And so I'm, like, close but not quite to the companion character that I was interested in kind of seeing what the story could be. Uh-huh. Interesting. But I have enjoyed it. Uh, Star Wars is such a spiritual journey. And I love how it so much is about your inner journey and your external journey and kind of like those being in conflict with one another and resolving that. And you can be a good or a bad character in, in this, but your heart or what you want to have in the future counts for something and you can slowly change. And I, I think that, that this, like all great Star Wars stories, has that be a, such a meditative uh, experience. Speaking of Star Wars, we finished The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. That was so good. That was a show that we were really, like, I don't know why we stopped watching that. Like, I feel like I was not as into yeah. it. Um, so it wasn't important to me to finish it or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I was like, oh, I'll get to it eventually, you know. And I had kind of forgotten about it altogether. So um, we have this Disney Plus subscription. And, like, pretty much Eden is the only one that's using it. And she's using it a hundred percent of the time to be watching musicals and that's it <laughs> i was like oh yeah we have the fucking mandalorian <laughs> and so um do you want to talk about the finale <laughs> well we can't spoil anything well okay we're going to talk about the mandalorian finale and we'll give you two minutes uh to we'll look at the clock click so through, so two minutes so you can fast forward ahead. and we're starting right now okay so the Mandalorian season finale occurs and if you have not watched it or uh, I guess if you're listening this far you have watched it or you don't care um so we watched the finale episode where um where the Mandalorian gets you know basically like hey you're this Yoda baby's dad Uh and uh you're gonna have to go and teach him the ways of the Mandalorian and like you know all this other stuff so we watched that whole thing and then Sam comes back uh, the next day, he's like, all right, you ready to watch some more Mandalorian? And I was like, baby, we watched it all. <laughs> I was like, no. No. This is real Luke in yeah. Empire. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> when you said search your feelings, you know it to be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was really cute. But there were so many things that I really liked about the finale. They did such a good job of... Um, of bringing back characters that they kind of endeared to you in the first one or two episodes. 
uh, that you don't really see again. And I was just, I was thinking the whole time I was like, wow, that's so crazy that, that they're just built like, this person up so much. And yeah. And then they're not going to come back. And it was a really this long one time. told supporting characters so well in true Star Wars fashion. They were yeah. so instantly iconic and understandable, but then like you just grow to love them even more. And they, they were, they were really great. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a really interesting thing. The only one that I didn't like that you really loved was the prison break one. That episode, I was just on Tinder hooks. Yeah. I, lo- I loved how tropey it was. Oh my god! I love how we just like really screamed to the world how awful these guys are. I love how like bullied and helpless you feel in it. Yeah. Like I think it's just so genius. And it was so, such a visual feast. I, I was sorry our TV can't handle Red Wash very well. Because Red Wash is such a strong emotional. Ten seconds. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but it was just, I, I loved it. And I was on my phone the whole time because I didn't <laughs> like it. All right, so welcome back to those of you that were fast-forwarding ahead. It's, mm-hmm. uh, we will never speak of The Mandalorian again until Season 2 mm. comes to a Disney Plus subscription God, near you. <laughs> well, that's too bad. We said two minutes, Sam. That's two minutes. That's one, two, three, four presses of okay. the fast forward. Button. They're going to give us another 40 seconds. No, they're not. Yes, I've got Sam, things to say. 40 seconds? You can't okay, fast forward. Okay, I will say them in a non spoiler way. Non spoiler okay. way. And go. Okay. I love the video game logic of this in the best way. And I love how there's like a de- definite end boss that is such like a video game end boss where it's a guy with a jetpack taking on a fucking die fighter. Yeah. That is like, and the game does video, there's a show, does video game logic in a way that's, <clears throat> that's the best of it, where it's like you feel like there's agency and choice in it. I love the female shock trooper, how like the, the male thing I'd say for this word is beefcake in the best way, how she's just like so fucking tough. And it, like, you don't see that all that often in that way. And that was really cool. I just, so strong. It was really, really, really fun. You were absolutely right on. That was right at 40, like almost 40 I knew 40 I had 40 seconds. seconds worth of things. There's two ideas I just could not It was really 35 not seconds. Express. And like, I'm sorry, podcast listener, I was here like giving him the wrap it up. <laughs> but he was not listening. He was just going. No. But yeah, that's I, fine. Truth to say. You did, you did good, baby. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's been the sitch. We're looking for a house. All right, V. Give us one more great Veronica truism. What's some ending wisdom? Some ending wisdom of the West. Um, Oh, I found out that Mayberry is right here in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is Andy Griffith's hometown. And it was the place that Mayberry was modeled after for the Andy Griffith show. And you can go and get like um, lunch at the same diner that Andy and... uh, What's his Barney Fife kind of went okay. to? I need to tell you some bad news. And I need the podcast listeners to listen to it, too. They are listening to it. Okay. Other than the one minute we saw together on Netflix, I have never seen any Andy Griffith show ever. Interesting. I did not expect to start this podcast a married woman and end it as a divorced woman. Weird how that yeah, happens. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's so funny. Haven't we talked about Andy Griffith on the show before? It's come up. <laughs> kind of. I cannot believe you're missing this part of iconic history. Mm-hmm. I'm iconic. History. I'm sure I would love it. I love cinema. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
that's so that's crazy. Uh, although I haven't seen it since 1996, <laughs> so it may be shit. I have no idea. You can say. But yeah, I watched a lot of Andy Griffith and a lot of Matlock. That's great. <laughs> I watched a ton of Gilligan's Island. Oh well, yeah, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, lots of that. Famous Jet Jackson. I was so into. Okay, for two years you cannot time. go <laughs> Gilligan's Island. These are shows I watched as a kid. I don't know. Pick it up with Little Sam. <laughs> I'm not taking anything up with Little Sam. Little Sam had his had his TV experience, and it was valid. Uh-huh. What I'm saying is, Sam, yeah. you can't say, I watched a lot of Gilligan's Island, and what did you say, The Proud Family or something? <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Keep going. You said another one. The famous Jet Jackson. The famous Jet Jackson. You can't say Gilligan's Island and the famous Jet Jackson and be expecting It was a big anyone. deal. All two years that was on the Disney Channel, I never missed an episode. Boy, and the depictions of PTSD really opened my eyes as a kid. I'd never seen it depicted in anything before. In Gilligan's Island? No, in uh, in Famous Jet Jackson. The Famous Jet Jackson. His dad, there's a shooting around where his dad is at, and like there's a car that misfires at the kitchen stable, and he like is freaking out. He's in shock, and they have to talk. It's from a kid's show. Oh. They really shine a lot. And Jet Jackson from then on uh, is... Yeah, Jet Jackson is the guy. Silverman is this is his uh, character name. So Jet Jackson that says his TV character Silverman is going to never use guns or have guns in the storylines again, or I walk. And it's a big moment because his dad faces this trauma on the job as a police officer, which which a lot do. It was it was so interesting. Wow, interesting. I had no idea. I never saw. A, I don't even think a moment of that show. Mm. Um, I think it was right as my time with the Disney channels kind of coming to an end. His his best friend had kind of a sometimes anguished past with being a biracial um, woman and understanding, a young woman and understanding what that meant to her mm-hmm. personally. It was tough. She one time went in the room and asked, uh, Jet, am I black or am I white? And he had no idea what to say to that. It was, oh, so they, 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 they touched on some interesting adolescent things. That's kind of what I liked about it is it was for kids. It was about yeah, kids. Yeah, it had yeah, kid yeah. logic. But then they talked about things that I, uh, conversations I wouldn't have had elsewhere that I thought were so interesting. Yeah. Oh, man. The Disney Channel has kind of, like, lost it in so many ways. Like, Eden, for the longest time, watched this one show. I think it's, like, Richie Rich is, you know, the the show's name or something like that. Oh, my God. That show is infuriating. It is a super rich white kid who has a kind of, like, I think a Hispanic robot maid. Uh And I'm like, what the It's kind of, like, sexualized with her outfit a little bit, too. And, it's... like, he created her, and there's commands. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's something. Yeah, so to go from what what Jet Jackson was attempting to do yeah, to that to on the that. same channel, oh. it's, a, it's a definite nosedive in, in that sort of conversation. I remember um, at some point I was kind of – I try not to be critical of the media that kids really consume um, – I think that it's like one of the few things that my family did really right for me was that they just let me consume media and they would ask me like, Oh, what'd you think about that? And even if I had like some kind of weird out there analysis of it, they were just kind of like, all right, well, that's interesting that you think that and that's uh-huh. not what I think. And I think it's this. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course they were really trying to impress, oppression me or whatever. Um, but I try to just let them consume what is out there. And then I do the same thing. I just ask some questions. What do you think about that? But that was one of the shows like, don't fucking watch that. It's <laughs> stupid. 
<laughs> and so I, I brought it to Eden's attention that I was just like, isn't that strange, though, that she's the minority robot who's cleaning up after this boy? And she's just like, huh. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was not into it after that. Yeah. <laughs> it was very funny. But anyways, so mm-hmm. yeah. <sighs> That's life. All right. Well, well, podcast podcast listeners, uh, tweet at us your uh, television experience growing up. What's a show that like is kind of forgotten to time? Maybe only had a season or two that made a big pa- impact on you. We want to hear it. Yeah, I want to hear it. I want to hear if anyone else has seen Ocean Girl. <laughs> that show is important to me. All right. I I, I um, I'm not getting into this because be a ten minute discussion for me to do it justice. But you know that I like. I'm dying to talk about that hockey stick from that TV show that like haunted me, and that I like we, we, you and me w- went to Wikipedia and like looked through just episode descriptions of like shows from that year to see what it could have been. Do you I remember don't that? I remember that. So when I was a little kid, I was really into you know Disney Channel type shows, but some of them have that kind of creepy bent to them. Oh sure, sure, sure. And there was one that I watched that like I remember just being so freaked out by, but like so fascinated by, and it was this guy who had this hockey stick that was really like this supernatural creature that he what didn't wasn't doing the putting in the work to be good at hockey he was kind of slacking off but he could have this but his arm was getting like diseased and like hitting it because it was he was a picture of dorian gray where he's getting all this benefit where seeing this mm-hmm. superhuman person on the outside but rotting something deep about himself by cheating cutting corners where no one else can see it but him on the inside and uh, the the hockey stick would sometimes be a snake and would bite him and stuff. And it was a it was a really vivid imagery uh, to me. <laughs> that was so interesting. I remember this now because we had this conversation in bed, and I was just like, "Oh, I know exactly what show you're talking about. Uh-huh. It's called Erie, Indiana. Uh-huh. It had like a two season, maybe yes. like one season run." You're like, "No." I read every episode description of Erie, Indiana, after and then that. we found it. Right? No, no? we still couldn't find we it. We still couldn't find mm-hmm. it. <gasps> So I still, like, oh don't God. know what this uh I must have fallen is. asleep because I fell asleep having thought that I solved the mystery. You know, I think <laughs> a part of it that was so creepy to me isn't the imagery or isn't anything like that. It's the, like, isolatingness of the secret that he can't tell people and feels so less than. and all. Ooh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's so, like, I'm going to make you feel alone and isolate you in your life. And, like, that it, that idea, like, was communicated so well to me and was very creepy. Oh, interesting. So we got to go on a hunt then. So, so if, if you remember this, Indiana. From, this would have been in the late 90s, I think. So if you have any idea of what this could have been, in late, it wasn't even necessarily new in the late 90s. So just a creepy, definitely aimed at kids, sort of slightly. I'm sure it was Disney and not Nickelodeon. It may have been anything. I'm saying, I don't know the channel. But I just remember I was like, it was like when I was into Disney type shows, like Disney Channel type oh shows. Oh my god! Same we've era got as Jack. To find this, okay. Delete the rest of this <laughs> podcast. Let's start over and let's talk about these mysteries. So please find it. it the, there, there's like a bright yellow or green kind of color to the transformation with the the stick and the snake, and it definitely bites him. And his arm looks like gross and withered and diseased. And then I just remember a lot of the feelings associated with the storytelling elements from it. But there's, like, not too much imagery. It's almost more story that I have in my head from it. He wears a blue jersey, I think, with a white helmet. Was his name Sam Brady? I have no idea. Oh, my God. I did play hockey. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I love you. Um, I I love all of these podcast listeners. So Find um, me my, my... Yeah, your quest has been given. This, it's kind of haunted me. I'm like, what show could this have been? 
I'm, I'm so sad that I don't know that. But yeah, if it was from the late 90s in a, in a kid's show, I may not have been watching it. It might have been a, yeah. it could maybe maybe early 2000s. Could have been yeah. a goose, it could have been anything. I don't think it was Goosebumps. Probably not. There would have been too much iconic imagery that would time, like I'm watching Goosebumps. There would have been slime on the screen. I would have like known that that was the show. Yeah. Was I don't know. And I don't think I even really watched that any, anyways. Really? Oh, I watched, I think I watched all of the available Goosebumps. I remember um, the kids came out when there was a new Goosebumps. They were like, oh yeah, it's just new. I was like, guys, Goosebumps is so old. No, I've seen this. They're like, no, you have it. It's new. We'll comment. And I was just like, what? No. And I watched, I was like, oh, guys, are making new Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty fun. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll let you uh, get your choppy chop knife on this episode. Will do. Okay. Bye, guys.